everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Riff. My name is Laura and I'm joined again today by Cameron, virtually of course, during this lockdown. Cameron, how are you doing? Good, thanks Laura. Good to be back and yes, we are virtual once again. Uh, crazy COVID times here in Sydney, but uh, you know, technology is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It really is. We're still able to record and get content out there. We're still able to assist our clients during these times by doing um, phone appointments, um, doing Zoom, so sending stuff by email. So it's been quite um, good in that sense that we're still able to service all our clients during this time. Yep, absolutely. No, it's um, uh, I guess we're one of the industries that has really um, been able to kind of move on uh, throughout this pandemic, which is good because we're able to help as many people as we can. You know, that's what we're here for. So, yeah, no, it's it's very good. And I think today, Laura, we're really talking about, you know, ways that people can help themselves, but also, you know, if they, you know, need some further help, we're here to help. That's right. Um, and this podcast in particular, we're doing another Missing Money podcast. Everyone seems to enjoy those ones. So we thought we would bring some more content to you guys and sort of talk about ways to recover money, um, especially for business owners and um, and ways that you are able to recover money. Yes, that's right, Laura. It's um it's one of those things at the moment. We know that everybody out there is doing it tough. Um, but one of the things that you want to make sure make sure of, especially when you're a business owner, is that you have that constant cash flow. So that cash flow, you know, to pay your employees, to pay your bills, things like that. Um, and most of the advice that we're going to give in this podcast here today, uh, it's general advice and you don't have to necessarily use it when there's a pandemic on. You should be doing this normally. But I guess some of these tips that we give you are things that you should definitely be looking at doing like right now. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Into so, your, you know, your day to day. Every business that runs very well make sure that it has cash flow. And to get cash flow, you need, you know, your clients to be paying invoices and, you know, bills that you're sending them. So I think the first thing here is we're going to talk very generally today. So obviously other uh, different industries out there and different businesses uh, have different ways that they need to operate. But on a general kind of scope here, um, the first piece of advice that I can give anybody out there is that make sure that when you enter into some sort of agreement to do work for someone, that you have a written contract or a written agreement between the parties, setting out what work that you are going to do, how much that work approximately will cost, uh, time period, if there is a time period for it, and any other key details, so that in the event that something does happen and it goes south, uh, for whatever reason, a third party or a, another person can look at it and go, well, we know what the terms of that agreement were. So, Cameron, from um, a, a person listening to this podcast who isn't really unsure on the whole process, why is it so important, you know, for business owners and um, contractors, I guess, um, to have a contract in place? Uh, it's very important because, it, like I said, in the event that something happens and you know, one party says that um, they, you know, didn't agree to the terms of the agreement or something like that, or they failed to pay, we can go back and look and see what those terms were agreed to at that time when it was signed or agreed upon. So when you have a oral agreement, which is, you know, it might be just like me saying to Laura, hey, Laura, I'll mow your lawn if you give me 20 bucks. Yes. Um, 
nobody other than us knows what that agreement is. It's a lot harder to prove. Uh, and this is a principle that has been found in courts over many, many years, is that if you have an agreement that's in writing, it is it is always given further weight in evidence than an oral agreement. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So just put it in writing. And look, I'm not necessarily saying like you need a detailed contract with terms and conditions and things like that. Yes, some people do. But worst comes to worst, like at least have an email chain which says, I agree to do this work for you. You agree to pay me this amount of money. Do you agree to this? And if they yeah. respond back, yes, you know, great. We know what the terms of the agreement are. We can kind of fill in the blanks. It makes it a lot easier if you do have a written contract. And sometimes having terms and conditions is very, very important because you can bind, um, you know, if one element of the agreement fails, the rest of it is able to be continued to, you know, go on and move forward. Um, so it's just very important to have it in writing. Have it anything in writing. It makes your life that much easier. We all know, Cameron, that, you know, these days you, you could be um, looking to purchase a car. It could be to stay in a hotel. All of these places have terms and conditions, don't they? Yeah, that's right. And, and the reason that they have terms and conditions is to protect them. There's never terms and conditions out there that protect you. <laughs> it, it's usually to protect the person that's enter, um, the person that's giving you the agreement. So another key thing is if you're entering into an agreement, read the agreement. I think that's a, a yeah. very, uh, very <laughs> good principle. And we might do a podcast on that as to why that's so important in the future. But yeah. just read the agreement. So first step is you've got this written agreement. So we know what the terms of it are, how much you're going to get paid, when you're going to get paid, etc. The second thing is, is just make sure that you stay on top of your invoicing, okay? Yes. If it's a term of the agreement that you're going to bill them every two weeks, bill them every two weeks. Okay. <laughs> if yes. it's going to be monthly, bill them monthly. If you're going to bill them at the end of the matter, go, don't go back and change it and bill them throughout it. Bill them at the end of when you complete whatever you are doing. So make sure you abide by the terms of the agreement, but make sure as well that when you get to that checkpoint, you issue that invoice so that, you know, there's the ability for you to get paid. Because as we all know out there, none of us like paying bills unless we know about them. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so say, for instance, like your council rates or your electricity bill or something like that. Many people would forget to do this if they didn't get that, you know, that letter or email every three months. I can say I can put my hand up and go, oh, I just never know. Yes, I, just, right. I literally wait for that letter from council to come in to be like, okay, yep, I need to pay that. This is when it's due. I have no idea, Cameron. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Just when it comes that, to those things. And that's the thing. Life's busy and you've got to think that these people that are, you know, you're doing work for, usually they have their own families and own personal lives and their own businesses to run. So just make it easier for them by staying on top of your invoicing because you're not going to get paid unless you issue an invoice. Yeah. Can I ask a question, Cameron? Yeah. Is there a legal requirement that you can only bill um, under certain terms? So is there like a term where you can only, you know, bill every 14 days or every month or it just kind of is to the discretion of the um, person giving the service? Look, it's a it's a really good question, and the answer to that question is like most legal question, uh, most legal answers. Sorry, and that is it depends. So, <laughs> so really, um, 
there's different industries out there that are bound by specific terms. So say, for instance, like in the construction industry, um, you can only issue uh, invoices that are paid within a certain time period. Otherwise, action can be taken. Um, The general rule is, though, is that you can only invoice and have like payment returned by as per the terms of the agreement. Okay, so if you have that written agreement at the start, you might say, we are going to issue uh, an invoice to you. And when we issue the invoice to you, it will be paid in 14 days. Okay. (laughs) If payment's not made in 14 days, um, we will have the ability to take legal action against you, which you might not do. But then you also might have like a clause in there that says, if you don't pay in 14 days, we are able to charge interest. Okay, which right. if you don't have that clause, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do that, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to live and die by the terms of the agreement. And this is why oral agreements are very hard to prove because who knows if we had a conversation about me mowing your lawn, if you, if you didn't pay me, I was able to charge interest or things like that. Yeah, it's like he said, she said. Yeah, absolutely. So just put it in writing. It makes it a lot easier. But, yeah, it really depends. Look, the the most common terms are 14 days. 14 days and 28 days. Um, and look, I know it's tough for everyone out there at the moment, but don't go changing it to like pay within three days if that was never a term of the original agreement. It also sounds a bit unreasonable, doesn't it? Well, that's right. You've you, you got to be reasonable when it comes down to this. And look, if you have a contract and it's been agreed to three days, well, look, that's fine. But I'm just saying don't go and change the terms of it now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So... That's staying on top of your invoice. Another really good tip that I can give people to avoid them having issues with cash flow and money is to try and get a deposit where you can. Okay. Now, a deposit is a really good tool because it means that in the event the absolute worst thing has happened, you have still got some sort of money. Yeah. Okay. Now, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to worry about getting some money because everybody would get paid, but it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, especially at the moment as well, uh, I know like, say for instance, I know the construction industry is kind of, kind of working back now, but if you were working in that industry, for instance, okay, you were looking at getting a house built, you would pay a deposit to somewhat secure your agreement. So it happens when you, you know, like get pools installed, you know, if you get furniture made, whatever it is. Most places you pay a deposit and that kind of locks you into that agreement. And usually when somebody pays a deposit as well, there's a very good chance that they're going to pay the remainder of it because they're already invested. That's right. Yes. Okay. So paying of deposit is really good in industries where there is um, like goods being exchanged. So say, for instance, you're buying, like, I don't know, you're buying a laptop, you're buying furniture, you're buying a car, something like that. Uh, It's very good to lock them in. Uh, It's a bit harder in service industries, like our industry, for instance, or accounting or advertising, whatever it is. Uh, But it doesn't mean it still can't happen. Like, say, for instance, in some of the matters that I work on, um, I require that the client put money into trust. Okay. Now that money that gets put into trust doesn't mean that I'll take it straight away. It just means that as I go on and do work on the matter and I bill it, that's where the money comes from first. Yeah. And that can be a really good tool as well because you know that that money's sitting there. The client also then doesn't have to worry about continuously paying tax invoices because the money's sitting there. So each industry has its different tools, but getting a deposit is really good. Also, when it comes to deposits, you've got to be reasonable. You can't have a 100% deposit, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Generally, need... they're between sort of 5 and maybe 25%, would you yeah. say? 
Yeah, yeah. It really depends on what it is. Like I've seen terms and agreements before that's like 50%. Um, but that's for like bigger things like pools, for instance. Um, but yeah, like cars and stuff. I'm pretty sure like cars, most of the time it's like a thousand dollars or something like that. So it can just be like a figure. So it depends on what it is, but a deposit's really good, a good tool to somewhat ensure that you get paid. And then, like I said, if worse comes to worse and somebody can't pay for whatever reason or they're delayed in paying you, you at least have something to grasp onto. Um, and it's not a complete waste of time. Would you, Cameron, class those? as non-refundable deposits? Would you make that clear to... You, you would. So, so, so this comes back into your terms and conditions. Usually you would have a term in there saying that a deposit needs to be made and it would be non-refundable unless something happened and the person that was providing the good or something couldn't do it. So say, for instance, okay. I was selling you a car, I took a deposit for, from you, but then for some reason, you know, like the car blew up or something like that and I couldn't sell yeah. it to you, um, I could refund you the money then. But then it protects me in the event that you change your mind to go, well, you, you're already invested in this. You've paid me this money. That's fine if you change your mind, but you've wasted my time. I'm yes. going to take $1,000 deposit. Okay? Yeah. okay. So once again, and you're going to hear me continuously say this, have agreements in writing that have these terms and conditions so that when these situations arise, which you may think will never arise, but what I can tell you is I see them every day, um, you are protected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else, Cameron, can um, people do to protect themselves? Um, one of the most simple and effective tools that I've seen in um, people, you know, making sure that they have cash flow and avoiding having extreme debtors is sending friendly reminders. OK, you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> you can <Yeah>. send them <laughs> a reminder just being like, hey, I issued my tax invoice on the 20th of July. It was supposed to be paid on the 1st of August. Um, I haven't seen the money come in. Can you just let me know where it's at? Okay. What I would say as well is that you should make that inquiry or make that reminder in writing and a really effective tool that I found to make sure that you, um, you know, um, get through to someone and get paid is to give them a call. So say, Hey, Laura, look, um, you know, you haven't paid me for when I mowed your lawn on whatever date it was. Um, and you go, yeah, 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 I'm going to get to it. And then after that phone call, I confirm that in writing in an email. So right. I go, hey, hey, Laura, thanks for taking my call earlier. Uh, as we discussed, you said that you'd pay me in five days for when I mowed your lawn a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very effective tool because A, Calling someone on the phone, you know, it's very easy to talk to people, but also you're reinforcing that. So you're, you're trying to get paid. <laughs> so you're yeah. reinforcing that they need to do this. And most people aren't trying to avoid payment. They just need reminders. That's right. It's a bit of an awkward topic because you don't want to be chasing people for money. Yeah. But ultimately, you're providing the service and you're entitled to be paid for that. I know it's a, it's a bit of a, a funny area that people – you know, probably would be a bit hesitant to be chasing people constantly and asking when the, when's this invoice going to be paid and et cetera. But really, at the end of the day, if you don't get the money, you're not getting paid. Well, that's right. And who's it going to affect here? Exactly. So so that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And, and you know, some parts of being in business aren't fun, and this probably isn't one of the fun parts. Probably right. But yes. <laughs> it's one of the important parts. Yes, yeah. exactly. So... Oh. Send your friendly reminders. Yep. 
Yeah. Can I just butt in there, Cameron? Yeah, so yeah. say we have an agreement in place and you've provided the, the service and you've issued me the invoice and then something's happened, um, circumstances out of my control and I'm unable to pay that money within the payment terms. Yep. What is something that I can do or you as um, the person providing the service as a business owner do to sort of help out in that case? Okay, so my number one piece of advice here that everybody should take into account here is that if you have uh, having trouble paying a bill, like say, for instance, with COVID now or, you know, something's happening in your own personal life or business in the future or whatever it is, make sure you don't stick your head in the sand, okay? Communicate with people. Give them a call. Laura, if you're having trouble paying my bill, give me a call and say, hey, look, I'm sorry, I'm struggling at the moment. I can't pay you right now, um, but if you give me two weeks, I should have the money and should be able to pay you, okay? A, mm-hmm. what that does is that shows that you still have the intention to pay the tax invoice, which goes a long way for people that are in business and providing services. B, it also means that the person that has issued the tax invoice probably isn't pissed off because they know that at least you're trying to pay. Now, look, in every situation that might not happen, but in most situations, communication is the most important thing that you can have in this. Even though you might not think of it this way, um, when you issue a tax invoice or provide a service for someone, it's a relationship. Okay, and my, it's, well, it's a professional business relationship and you need to treat treat uh, sorry each relationship the same way as you would in a personal relationship which is you know there needs to be respect there needs to be communication you know common courtesy things like that if you provide all of that things uh, all those things you won't have any issues yeah communication is key yeah communication is key number one thing that everybody needs to take away from today so if you have uh, an issue in paying a bill communicate it to that person okay Mm -hmm. now look um, they might not be happy with that to begin with, but at least they know and they're not going to take further action against you straight away. That's right. Okay. So after the communication, this is probably the second most important point that I can give to people today is stop work if you are not being paid. Say, right. for instance, you're in a situation and you're installing uh actually no we'll go back to the mowing of the lawn so i agree to mow your lawn you know once every two weeks and i've mowed your lawn uh three times and i haven't been paid yet don't go back and mow the lawn okay um and and don't always believe the things that people tell you yes communication is good but if somebody uh, if you're providing a service and you're having trouble getting paid stop providing that service okay It might be a big contract and, you know, you might be having issues with it, but going on and continuing to bill that person when they don't have the money to pay your smaller bill now usually will arise to a situation where you won't get paid at all. Yeah. And you've wasted all your time, energy, money, and then you become more pissed off. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's a waste of resources, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it, it is. It's You've got to be smart when it comes to these things. And I think most businesses are. Like, say, for instance, Laura, if you said to me, if I mowed your lawn three times and then you didn't pay me, I wouldn't be coming back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, you could be offering that service, you know, to other customers. Well, that's right. I could be doing work for somebody else and then they're paying me and I don't have to worry about being paid. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's never a do or die situation. It's don't do the work if they're not being paid because you're just going to rack up further costs uh, with less of a chance of getting paid. Okay. Okay. And don't believe everything that everybody tells you, especially when it comes to like I've seen in big construction contracts where like, yeah, 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 I'm just waiting for a windfall and then I'll be able to pay you. And so you keep providing more services and they're like, oh, it was delayed a month. Uh, do a bit more work and then delayed again, delayed again. Like, you know, I've seen like people get up to like invoices in the millions of dollars here uh, and then haven't been paid. And then that company goes into liquidation and they've done all this work, provided all these services and there is no guarantee that they're getting any money whatsoever. Yeah, they can't recover those funds. Yeah, you got to remember out there that there is some people out there that should not be in business. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, these people will fail to pay, pay you and you need to, you know, make your own assessment as to when that's going to happen and stop providing it until you get paid. Exactly. So last thing that I can really say to this is if all of those tips before have not worked, you need to get the big boys involved, which means that you need to get a solicitor uh, uh, or, you know, uh, I would probably say a solicitor to start with and get them to write what we call a letter of demand, which says you need to pay this. If you don't pay this, we're taking you to court. Okay, now, so that's sort of the first step, is it? That's the first step because obviously that's the cheapest step than going to court. But So you would come to me, I would write a letter, and look – Nine times out of ten, when you send a legal letter, people pay attention to it because they're like, oh, no, this is serious now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that can usually lead to, you know, like one of the other steps coming back in, which is communication, where that would be, you know, communicated to your lawyer and then back to you, etc. cetera. So, um, yes, you may have to call a, a lawyer and pay for a lawyer, um, but – the payment of that cost can sometimes be, you know, a small fee, but you can recover, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So it can be worth it. Um, and it's something that I would always recommend that you do before just directly suing someone. Um, then from there, um, if they don't respond to the letter of demand, you got one option and that's to take legal action. And if you take legal action, um, my advice to you is, look, you can try and do it yourself. Um, and sometimes with these smaller claims, like if you're you know, trying to recover a couple of hundred dollars or something like that, that's a better thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, but when it starts getting up, you know, into the thousands and tens of thousands or the millions, um, you need to get a solicitor involved to really, you know, um, make sure that your matters run in the correct way. Yeah, putting your best case forward. Well, that's so right. You want to give your goes, best chance. Yeah. yeah, it kind of goes back to your first point, Cameron, having a written contract. That's oh, your case. <laughs> If you haven't been paid and you come to see me, the first question I'm going to ask you is, where's the contract? <laughs> and I go, but Cameron, I, we didn't have a contract. It was okay. all available. And then I go, well, we might have issues there. <laughs> so, so every case is different, um, but as a general rule, get your agreements in writing. Yeah, minimize that risk. Minimize get risk. That's, all, that's what we're all about here. And I'm all about being proactive and doing everything I can to make sure that there isn't a problem. Um, but if I need to be, I can be reactive as well. Yeah. So, okay. And that would be, um, you know, my top, I don't know how many tips that was, eight, ten, whatever it was, um, tips of how to try and ensure that you are recovering funds and getting paid during this pandemic period. Yeah. Okay. Just to recap, Cameron, can we just go through just very quickly what those tips were? Yep. Okay. First tip. Make sure you have a written contract. Tip two, stay on top of your invoicing 
Tip number three, get deposits. Tip number four, send reminders. Tip number five, communication. Tip number six, stop work if you are not being paid. Uh, tip number seven is get a lawyer to send a letter of demand if you're not still not being paid. Uh, tip number eight is take legal action. Uh, and actually one more small tip, which will be tip number nine is, and kind of falls into the communication thing is if you are having people that are having problems with paying you, uh, for instance, try to get them to agree to go on a payment plan. Okay. Yeah. Getting them to pay, you know, 200 bucks off a month, a thousand dollars a month, whatever it is, might take a bit, little bit longer for you to get paid, but it means that you're getting money. Okay. Yeah. And in the event they make a few, yeah, if they make a few payments, so say, you know, the, they owe you 10 grand and they're paying off a thousand dollars a month and only pay five months worth. Um, in the event that, you know, something does happen, you've got five grand at least in your pocket and you can take action to recover that five grand that's remaining. Yeah. So like it's just, it falls into communication, but try and agree to payment plans if you deem it necessary, especially at this time when everyone's struggling. Um, entering into a payment plan can be a really effective tool to try and get some money through the door. Yeah, so as someone providing a service, you need to cover your own backside. 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, look, if you've got any questions about this, and, you know, reach out to us. Um, you know, hit us up on our socials, give us a call. I'm always happy to chat about money. So, um, yeah, just, just let us know. Excellent, Cameron. Well, I think that sort of sums up our Missing Money podcast for today. How can the listeners find us or talk to us? Uh, so if you want to reach out to us, we've got a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Adams Lawyers. Uh, we've got a website, www.adamslawyers.com.au. Uh, you can give us a call or send us an email to info at adamslawyers.com.au. Uh, and yeah, reach out to us. If you've got a specific topic that you want to hear about, let us know. We'll get something out to you. Great. I'd just like to, camera before we sign off this podcast or this episode, is a shout out to all our listeners. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for everyone out there. We, we wouldn't be doing this if people didn't enjoy it and we're getting something from it. And if we can go out there and help one person avoid one problem or, uh, you know, uh, learn something that benefits them in any way, you know, we've done our job here. So That's right. So, yes, we, we thank you for your continued um, support and we really hope to, to keep bringing you more and more content um, as time goes on. That's right. And stay safe, people. That's right. Stay safe and um, look after yourself. And um, that's all from us today, Cameron. So we'll um, we'll catch you in our next episode. Yep. Talk to you soon, Laura. Thanks, everyone. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.